Hi, I'm Casey Jackson. I'm Miles Rogers, and this is Show Stories, produced by the Hive Mind Collective. It's a podcast about all things local music. Great stories from shows past. And promoting bands, musicians, artists, and producers that are making music in your community. And now, here's Show Stories. What's up, listeners? Welcome to episode three of Show Stories. I'm your producer, Casey Jackson. On this episode, me and Miles talk about some of the bands that I've seen in the last few months, both local and national bands. And later on in the episode, we have the first part of our interview with Taylor Orton, who is the drummer for Turtleneck Wedding Dress currently, but is also very well known for being the drummer of I Am The Ocean. But first, here's me and Miles. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Casey's been like a show-going machine lately, so um, he's going to tell us about some local shows and, and non-local shows he's been to, and we're going to talk about some shows coming up in Salt Lake. So uh, Casey, you saw, I mean, uh, 1975 recently. How was, and how was that show? You know, I wasn't originally into them all that much. I actually, I don't know, this super radio, poppy, 80s kind of band, yep. but... My wife started getting way into them, and so I just hear them all the time. And they actually really grew on me, especially once I started like reading the lyrics. And it's they, catchy for sure. Yeah, and he's got really like really smart, clever lyrics too. And so, um, I don't know. It's I actually d- developed a liking for them. So, so seeing them all about it. Yeah, seeing them live was actually pretty fucking cool. And they they have kind of a you know, they're a huge band, so they had a big stage show with, like, and they almost didn't box the entire stage with, like, light panels and shit, so... Oh, cool. And, and like, the whole background was a big, giant screen, so they could put whatever the fuck on there, and it was really cool. That's right. Um, and, uh, yeah. Opening cool. for that show was uh, a, a pretty rad band that I actually have been into lately. Um, I don't know how, but they found me. I love that name, dude. <laughs> it's a cool with, name. With uh, Utah's own Ryan Seaman... Yeah, drummer Fast Catch Runaway. I always say that. Whenever <laughs> I see him, I'm like, "Hey, Fast Catch Runaway." <laughs> That's cool. He doesn't like it. <laughs> um, that band's amazing. How are they live? Um, really, honestly, they're really good. Um, we we were fortunate enough to get there early enough to catch them and um, caught most of their set. But they actually have a song about the beginning band, like the yeah, opening it's, band. It's, it's called "No One Likes the Opening Band." It's yeah, it's hilarious. It's awesome. And yeah. Like, just super tight. I mean, it's a bass player and a drummer on stage playing, but his vo- his vocals are incredible. Yeah, and well, you can tell that they from Panic of the Disco. Yeah, and you you can tell that they work hard on their craft. You know, just like any other band. Um, Ryan's been working his ass off since yeah. eight, since he was eighteen. Since yeah. he graduated high school and got on Warp Tour and was on Warp Tour for fourteen fucking years after that. Ryan Seaman, if you ever listen to this, we love you, buddy. Um, yeah, I really need to come out and see them. I've uh, I've seen him play in in most of most of the bands he's played for. So yeah, they're really good at getting the crowd, um, you know. To he loves it so yeah. much, and you can see it. And so I feel like that kind of emanates from. Is that a word? Emanate? No, probably not. Anyway, we'll just 
forget about making up words. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you know, I mean, if if a musician is having fun on stage, I feel like I have more fun at oh, the definitely. show. Definitely, if yes. if you know what I mean. Um, okay, uh, so um, spill canvas. Oh, that man. was like your favorite, yeah. The spill canvas is. I have a deep love for that band. A deep love. Um, and I mean, every time they come out, they usually play. Um, they also they always have an epic set, but this time it was just kind of a man. It was just giving you a little bit from every era of that band, and they've been around. I've been listening to it since like '03 at oh, wow. least. Yeah, of course. Um, and it's crazy to think they've been around that long. I That's mean, almost 20 years, bro. Yeah. He's gone through like two two or three lineups with the rest of the band because there was a time when uh, um, you know a studio was was saying, hey, Nick, you need to come ditch your band and sit down with some writers and, and actually said, write some songs. you. He, he actually did it for an album oh, cool. or two. And then, and then he's like, I don't fucking like this. This isn't what the Spill Canvas was. Band. Exactly. So um, he got back into actually playing with a band and touring and all that stuff. So we get cool. to see him. I saw Amazing. him last four years in a row. So oh, wow. it was really That's good. That's cool. I like when, I like when bands... Another band that does that uh, that I'm going to be seeing in April. I've got a I don't know the date on it, but uh, he is legend oh, is coming I back. He is legend, and uh, they're coming back with um, while she sleeps. They're a super rad band. Um, <clears throat> but uh, oh, I just can't wait to see he is legend. But they've stayed consistent over the years. You know what I mean? I mean little little breaks and and whatnot in between records. But I mean a, a solid record every every couple of years. You know what I mean? Um, White Bat was so good. I, Oh, the last bat. one. Oh, he's legend. So White bat. It was so amazing. Uh, boogie woman, baby. Yep. Um, so, uh, who opened for the Spoke Canvas? So it was a band called the Juliana Theory. You guys know oh. who they are. Oh, oh yeah. just, just maybe a, this a band. I don't know band. if you've ever heard called the but Juliana Theory. It was just. Uh, it was the lead singer and the lead guitar player, um, basically doing an acoustic set, which cool. was you know it was at Kilby, so it was super intimate. You know, not a lot of you know, it's. It was a great setting for it. Yeah. Um, and the last time that they had played Kilby was like 2001. Oh, wow. So it was, it was cool for them. They still had like, there's still calendars on the wall at Kilby. That, yeah, you of know, course. That from clear back then. So they found the date that they played clear back then. And they're like, oh, we remember like a dog running around here. And, you know, it was just scribble kind of Jackson. a crazy little, I don't know if it was, if it was Scribble, but. Scribble was always, she was always at the shows. Um, yeah, Kilby's just. Kilby's the greatest man. I love I love Kilby Court. I went to the twentieth anniversary last year. Was it last year? Yeah, last summer probably oh, it would yes. have been. Yeah. Yeah, the, the they blocked off the street. It was so crazy. So like they had a seventh seventh south blocked off from wow. third to fourth west. And the stage was set up like the rear was facing the rear was facing third west. So the stage was out, was facing like out towards west. Oh wow. So like they had the sun setting on them. And it was just like, I don't know, the who's who of Salt Lake, you know what I mean? Like, so many people that like are just like, oh, what's up? Of course you're here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Big hugs, what's up? Kill me court, happy birthday. But, um, yeah, I saw a lot of good friends there. That was a great show. Um, well, cool. Juliana Theory was good, though? Um, way good. Uh, you know, they they were kind of just in the background of everything going on when I was in high school, you know what I mean? So it was kind of cool to hear those songs 
like a little bit updated in that's you know, funny. acoustics. So it's you're exactly like yeah. Austin's age, I think, because Austin <laughs> was obsessed with that band, and I didn't understand the obsession. He oh, was man. so into Juliana. It was that was early like, emo mm. that like nobody really liked, and everybody made fun of me for listening to. But well, I fucking loved rightfully it, rightfully so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I everybody hated Dashboard when I, all my friends no, hated Dashboard that. and I dashboard fucking was loved go- Dashboard. Dashboard was gold at my school. Everybody loved Dashboard. Um, so that, what about uh, you saw Bayside? You invited me to Bayside and I was unavailable. Yeah. But how was Bayside? Bayside was, I mean, just incredible. There, talk about a band that's just consistently produced. I mean, Bayside, but still great music. The yeah, whole their whole totally. career and. Um, you know they've kind of had some bad run-ins with Utah, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. to say the least. Yeah, for but I mean, they love playing here. And for those of you who don't know, Utah loves. I'm just saying Utah loves it when they play here. No, I, I was referring to the bad. They, yeah. they lose a member here. Yeah, the drummer. Yeah, um, the drummer went, passed away. Yeah, they crashed. Uh, it was it in. I think it Spanish might have been Fork I, Canyon. Oh, I don't know. Pretty sure it was Spanish Fork Canyon. I feel like. Uh, um, bleeding through crashed in a different area, but like so many. No, bands. same area. Oh, it was, it was crazy area? because it was the exact same canyon. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's crazy that so many bands have like war stories with Utah. Like that sucks. That makes me hurt because I I want I want them to keep coming here. You know, yeah. I just don't tour in the winter. It's a popular like because you take Spanish Fort Canyon and catch the seventy to Denver. That's how you get to Denver. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. Okay, so, that makes sense. Yeah, because you got to go south there. Mm-hmm. So. um so who opened for Bayside? Um, I or did you get? I there, got right? there a little bit oh, late, cool. so Wait, I don't really remember. Was it a good show? Though? But it was way good show. And they they played really well. Yeah, um, I met up with uh, my friend Jacques there, and he he was friends with the guy who was running the the event staff. Oh, cool! And so we were like right on the side of the stage, and I guess Jacques knows the bass player of Bayside. Like they're way good friends. Oh, cool! And they're just like chit chatting before the show, talking about what they got for Christmas. Why didn't you <laughs> interview him? I, well, I didn't I'm have just, my I'm shit. Just with you, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Doc. I'm oh, just trying dude. to get something for these if people. My, if anybody's listening to this, I, I, I was just trying to get a little content. <laughs> for sure. Um, so that was way cool. And then at the later that evening, you went to Friendsmas with the All Hail Racist Kramer. Yeah, I man. love that band name, and I love those dudes. Those are my high school boys. That's so random. All those dudes... I, Grayson, Grayson, nice to meet you. My name's Grayson. Last time, I, last time I was at a racist Kramer show, Grayson's like, "Hey, what's up? Nice to meet you." I'm like, "Nice to meet you." I went to high school with you, dog. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh my God, Miles!" Like, gave me a big old hug. I was, you, I just, I look different, I guess, but yeah. super funny. CJ Coop, I was in a band with that, uh, the Lethal West of that kid. Great, great, great motherfucker. Refer yourself to our first episode. Refer to the first episode. Uh, do we talk? I didn't. Hear that oh no, no, part. sorry. Second episode. Yeah, that'll be second in the episode. second episode. Yeah, sorry. Um. So, uh, Racist Kramer is good, though. Oh, man. Friends Mrs. So is amazing. I haven't been to, like, a punk rock show in a, in a long while. Their punk rock is shit. And... On the, like, a lo- slightly on the poppier side, but not in a negative way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're gritty and, like, punky, you know what I mean? But, like... Yes. Very catchy, very listenable. Like, repeat listenable. I get almost, tired of listening to The Unseen and The Casualties after, like, a half hour. I'm like, sure, God, my yeah. throat fucking hurts, dude. <laughs> Chill out. Yeah. Oh, CJ's got a great voice CJ's still. A great voice, and like, uh, it's just like it's kind of it's got you like a really good fast style, but then they they have sort of like a Salt Lake feel in that like they totally have breakdowns. You totally. know what I mean? Totally. And, they and his lyrics are like great, too. dude. Yeah. His lyrics have always been great. I, they, I love that kid. They did something amazing for We're that not kids show. Anymore. They played No Effects' Decline 
all 18 minutes of it from beginning to end. That was insane. I bet you anything that was Jared's idea. <laughs> Jared, if you're listening to this, I want a confirmation on that. Let's, let's, <laughs> Probably. let's get a text from you. Um, awesome. And flawlessly. like Even the bass solo in the middle, it was all badass. Oh, yeah. such, a, such a well done they show. They shred, man. They're, they're good good musicians and they and raised like over fifty three hundred dollars every year they the, raise money for that it's foundation. the um domestic violence oh, foundation cool yeah so wow. way cool cause amazing amazing cause to do that and i mean just you know five grand that's amazing yeah. um those those are some amazing dudes um and then uh our homies and Turtleneck Wedding Dress. Oh, yeah, Krushmas. Krushmas. How was that show? That was cool. Um, it was fun. I've been telling Taylor that I was going to go see his show for, God, years, and I felt so bad, and I, I was like, oh, shit, they're playing Taylor. tonight, let's go. And, uh, yeah, it was at Metro, and it was, I love that stage, and I love the it's sound on that stage. And it's, they, It's crazy. When they first moved to that location, I wasn't sold on it. I was like, what's up with these chandeliers, dude? Like, <laughs> the fuck? But I, I just had a, such a fondness for um, Old Metro. I mean, I played with Let Live at Old Metro and, like, mm. Night Versus at Old Metro. So, like, I just had such a fondness for that um, that venue. So when they switched, I was, like, kind of a bitter girlfriend for a minute. Like, fuck you, man. Don't switch <laughs> my vent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what they've done to it. The Sartain's putting shit it's will sartain putting putting so much into it and making it what it is you know what i mean it's it's amazing and of course the the, the amazing jeffrey hacker and everything he has to do with that go jeff go jeff um well cool i mean i if you're setting a good example for us going <laughs> to shows all y'all listen to this go to the local shows what the fuck including me um yeah, support we your local scene. Support your local scene, man. We're, support your local venues, too. We're in too. our fucking 30s, and we're still trying to do it. So, I mean, you might as well. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, shows coming up. Um, I mean, that's only relevant for those of you listening to this right local. away. Um, uh, so we've got, um, I, I, I believe this is a local show, Friday, January 17th um, at Metro, uh, a band called Freedom by Dying, Let's Get Famous, Acacia Ridge, and Radiation Vacation. Bro, Radiation Vacation <laughs> is such a, band, a sick band name. Yeah, dude, I, gotta, I, I was I just going to say, I love that band. I got to look up that band. Um, Cursive Cloud Nothings Criteria is uh, Saturday, January 18th. I don't know if you guys will even, that'll even matter. That's coming up. Yeah, that's... Uh, January 28th, you dumb idiots. If you didn't get your tickets, they used... Sold out. Dude. They used it Metro. Let's talk about that for a minute. That's what. What kind, so of ch- what kind of what kind of decision is that? They're an arena band. Sure. They're an arena. They're a Delta Center, uh, whatever it's called. And if that was two names ago, they'll fill the Viv. They'll fill the Viv, bro. <laughs> they'll sure. fill the Viv. They'll fill UVU down there. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Easy. Metro. It sold out in one minute. I My girlfriend only... has never seen them, and she's like, "We have to go see them. Can we go <laughs> see the used, please?" And I'm like, "Yeah, for sure." And like, she looked <laughs> that morning. She's like, "Oh." Yeah, it's sold out in five minutes. Jesus. Like, all those people aggressively clicking. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, dude. But that's awesome. I mean, good for them. Yeah. Still still crushing. And then, uh, this is this is a personal vanity choice that I wanted to tell you about. Red Jumpsuit Apparatus will be oh, here I on like February 20th. Do you really? Yeah, cool. I, I play, take sure. the fall play to show with them. Um, they got put on... Uh, just like just like a solo night bill. They had like nobody nobody oh wait, no, Monty R. I, right? 
Yeah, Monty R.I. A band called Monty R.I. was opening for them, touring. Do you remember that band? Yeah, I've heard they had horns with uh, horns and stuff. They were okay, a cool yeah. band. Yeah. So it was just those two bands. Red jumpsuit, face down, hadn't hit the radio yet when this tour got booked. Oh, so wow. the people at Avalon are like, yeah, whatever. Monty <laughs> R.I. and the red jumpsuit apparatus. So they just threw the show together with like locals on it. Then that show hit, or that song hit hard on the radio. And all of a sudden, these guys are pissed that they have locals opening for this. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> we got sweated for it. But we did such a good job. We killed it. Take the fall. That was great. We played, just played like five quick songs. It was, it was a great show. That was literally like Dude. loudest I've ever heard in my entire life. I walk on stage and it was like they, they treated us like we were mo- like like bread jumpsuit. You know, they screamed for us like we were that that big. It was uh, just the most deafening sound ever. And I'm just like, oh, cool. I'm going to keep doing this for a little while. We were supposed to play with Mastodon one time at, at uh, Club Vegas. That would have wrecked. That would have been super They sick. bitched about having a local band open. Yeah, so they had somebody out. That sucks. Like, the club owner even showed them, like, our EP and everything. Like, yeah, it's good. It's great. We still don't want them opening for us. Uh, let's just say they had a bit of an entitled attitude. No, definitely. And, and I don't like that. And I, I just, yeah. But, like, for sure, that's a, that would have been a sick show. Mastodon. That's a sick band. Um, well, yeah, that's all the upcoming shows I've got. Um, if we missed your show and you, you happen to listen to this and you want us to talk about your show coming up, hit us up. Post it on the Hive My Collect. Hive Mind Collective Facebook page. Or you can just hit us up because not that many people are hitting us up yet, so yeah. we'll probably respond real quick. One of the main focus points of this podcast is support local music. So please make sure you check out some of these projects that we mentioned. Find your local favorite band and frequent their shows. The next segment is, again, part one of two-part interview with Taylor Orton. He drums for a band called Turtleneck Wedding Dress. They're pretty badass. He's also known for being the drummer of I Am The Ocean. Here's us and Taylor. Uh, sitting here with Taylor Orton. Um, hey, Tay. What's up? What's up? Try and get tight in that mic. Tight in it? Thanks for coming to hang out today. Tight in it. Tight in it. Yeah, dude, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. Um, we've just been kind of, we thought it would be kind of cool to tell stories about Salt Lake music and stuff. And Hopefully, other people who like Salt Lake music will, will listen to it. So yeah, Casey. Um, Casey was like, "You want me to send you the questions we're gonna ask you?" <clears throat> no, no. I'd rather it be natural. I'd rather know what I'm just just pop, right? Um, when did you start playing drums? I don't know the exact age, but uh, it all started when. Well, obviously, there's been a drum kit that's been in my house for ever since I can remember because my dad my grandpa played apparently my grandma played a little bit my dad plays and my brother plays nice so in the family then yeah in the family my dad's I mean he's not a shredder by any means but he likes to he can keep beat yeah he four can keep four beat. yeah it's great it keeps his hi-hat real wide and open and nice grooves and loud and clashy yeah and then, yeah and then my brother Wanted a drum set for Christmas, so he got a drum set for Christmas, so there was always a drum kit in the house. And Tama Rockstar, classic, regular drum kit, you know? Yeah, totally. And I wanted to play guitar, so I asked for a guitar and a guitar amp for Christmas. This was, I want to say, 7th grade. 7th grade, 12, 13. Yeah, so... Asked for that for Christmas, and I had some friends up the street, Levi and Seth. They 
two brothers. And they, Christmas happened, I got a guitar and a guitar amp for Christmas and was taking guitar lessons at school, which is not the best form of guitar lessons. That's but, where I learned it. <laughs> yeah, but it's... Guitar class? Yeah, it is what it is. It's like some guy who's still in a band in his 40s, like, <laughs> still got the mullet and, like, the bolo tie. Yeah, it's like, I'll teach kids how to play guitar. Yeah, I'm just... Basic, uh, basic chords. Everybody sit down. Which the funny part of the, about that is I took that class, and then the next year they had the class, and I thought it was the second part of that. But I ended up being the same class. So the teacher... You're like, I did this already. Yeah, the teacher was like, well, I mean, you're not really supposed to be here. But since you know everything, you can help teach everybody else. Maybe you can be my teacher's assistant. <clears throat> yeah, so I was like, all right, Mr. Ricks. Mr. Ricks. Mr. Ricks, who taught my brother how to play trumpet also. So Nice. But uh, got that guitar and a guitar amp for Christmas. And then Levi and Seth up the street... Seth got a guitar and a guitar amp, and Levi got a bass and a bass amp for Christmas. Parents trying to build a band. Well, they were like, oh, yeah, we got this for Christmas. And I was like, I got this for Christmas, <clears throat> so we should start a band. And that I was like, I'll play second guitar. And they're like, oh, your brother has a drum kit. Like, we needed we need a drummer. <laughs> we don't need a guitar player. And at that time, you know, obviously if there's a drum kit in the house, I've dicked around on it many times, knew four, five basic beats. So then started a band called Insider, and that was my very first band, and we... With played, Levi and Seth. With Levi and Seth, yeah. We played a... Uh, you still in touch with either of them? Ninth grade talent show. Do you ever see either of them? Uh, I saw Seth, I want to say, six, seven years ago. Nice. Levi I haven't seen other than, I guess, when I used to go to church. Oh. Yeah. So from, sure. from there, what's like a quick rundown of all the bands you've been in? Oh, quick rundown. Let's think here. I think after Insider was Willem Dafoe. Because I went to school with Eric, and Eric was like, Hey, our drummer quit. Can you learn these songs and try out for Willem Dafoe? And I was like, I mean... I guess you know, like I'd never played like real hardcore music before, or anything heavy. So I spent time doing all that, learning songs, and then had one band practice. And they never said like no or yes. They were just like, "All right, all right, cool, good job, cool, yeah." And then they're like, "See you next practice." So, so was that like, was the yes. Yeah, it was, but it was just like <laughs> there was never like an initial. Like, yeah, you did a great job. They obviously heard... They just sat there and went, oh, well, obviously this is our new drummer. Let's see you next time. Yeah, so then that happened, and then... Just imagine, though, real quick, like, the the difference that you've made in Salt Lake as a drummer, but it was just like a... At at the time, it was just a situation of convenience. You know what I mean? It was like, well, we need a drummer, and you have a drum kit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like all the bands that may not have been, you know what I mean? Or or, or may not have been what they were without you. Like, that's, that's crazy. Cool. Yeah, and then... uh Obviously, things with bands, bands don't have problems. That's <laughs> let's get that straight. No, it's all easy. Yeah, right? it's, everybody gets along. And no every, drama. Yeah, no drama. Best and, friends. Uh, so there was a little bit of drama in that band, and then uh, <clears throat> when it all came to it, we were like, "Yeah, screw this, we quit." Was it Eddie Quintero. In that yeah, band? <laughs> yeah, that's dude. that's the problem. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. But either way, something happened with us and Eddie, and he was like fuck you guys and we were like yeah whatever we're done so bye we went out to sizzler with, with eddie quintero <laughs> no it was me tyler and 
Eric and Ryan Grosskreutz. Yeah, I was going to say Brian Grosskreutz played. Grosskreutz, yeah. And we went out to Sizzler and we Gross called Gross. Eddie and we were like, we're done. This, We're not doing this anymore. And so that was the dinner conversation where Paris Green started. Ah, okay. So we were Paris like, hey, Green. let's just start a new Chill band. Paris Green. Which originally was supposed to be called Music in Arabic. Oh, that's cool. And we were going like to use that. the Arabic symbol for music, like the language, and oh, that cool. was going to be it, music in Arabic. Oh, prints. Yeah. And so we wanted to go, we wanted to print merch, and Eric's uncle was the only guy that printed merch, and he was like, it was like right after 9-11, he was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. No, 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 music <laughs> so, in Arabic's not a good yeah. idea. <laughs> so he was like, no, I'm not going to print that merch. So we're like, all right, whatever. So we switched it to Paris Green, which is technically, I guess... The deadliest insecticide known to man. Sick. I was going to ask where did it come from. Thank you. And then did Paris Green and played all over the place. I guess not all over the place, but we played awesome shows in St. George with Autumn Roads. Autumn Roads. I remember doing shows with that We played awesome shows. We played with Blood Brothers. I guess Willem Dafoe played with Blood Brothers at Kilby. And then Paris Green played with... uh, Planes Mistaken for Stars, Bear vs. Shark, tons of cool bands. Because that was when Comedy Circuit was yeah, the alive, circuit. And, alive and th- thriving. The circuit. And then when Paris Green tied into how I met all of I Am The Ocean dudes, Jeremy, Adam, Kellen, all the dudes in Clifton, all, the, all those old bands, Day 2, and everybody like that, is Il Solace was playing their last show with their original lineup. I think it was their original lineup. Bill Salas was who? Uh, Kellen and I want to say Elias is his name. He was the drummer. I don't know who else was in that. I oh, was okay. like super young. Was like, oh, that's Kellen. Heard all about him. Yeah. The famous. Yeah. And so we played at the dojo, which is the small building off the end of Positively Fourth. Where the parking lot is where the dojo. Like the, yeah, old school. That was like brochure headquarters for a long time. I for guess. real, it's where Carl showed me Brazilian fart porn. If you don't know about it, <laughs> look it up. Look it up. But uh, we played there, and we I think nobody had amps at the time. I think that's what was the problem. So we played acoustic. Okay. Paris Green played like our first like legit show. We played acoustic, and everybody's just like, "Who are these?" Dudes who don't have And they're just like way badass. Yeah. And then later became the nickname, me and Eric, they nicknamed us Crumpets because we're from Sandy. So apparently we're the rich kids, you know. Yeah. Living in Crumpetville. Crumpetville. So that's why we used to call we Grinch. Yeah. Because we're Crumpets, you know. The Grinch. And so we played that show and apparently that was the night that Jeremy decided I was going to be his drummer eventually. Not sure exactly when he had planned that. He's just like, eventually, just this. Because yeah. that's the boss. He will be mine. Oh, yes. <laughs> he will be mine. I just like to play. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we um, played that show and then ended up playing all these crazy shows with Eye in the Ocean and Clifton and stuff at Comedy Circuit because they were just like, these guys are super awesome. And I also, at the time, was in Chaldeon, 
Chaldeon. Yeah, that's another name. I love, I, dude. I love this. Is this is gonna work? This is gonna work. <laughs> Anybody who cares about old bands like this, this will work. And uh, Pablo, who's the drummer for Chelsea Grin now, was originally the drummer in Chaldeon. And I, it was when I was in Willem Dafoe, they asked me to play, and I couldn't do it. So Pablo did it. Cause, and then Pablo stopped doing it. Willem Dafoe was too busy, so I couldn't do it. And eventually, Willem Dafoe wasn't a thing. So Paris Green and Chaldeon kind of like coexisted around like the same time. Eric, okay. Eric was in Chaldeon too for a minute. So the two of you were just doing double duty. They've always done that. Yeah. And then I joined a band called Icarus Falling, <laughs> which was some members from Chaldeon. It was like, and um, I can't ever remember his name, the singer. But it was like it's me. like dudes would get in a fight with everybody, and so they'd be like, "I'm out," and then like they're still friends with like a couple of the dudes. He's like, "Hey, maybe do you want to play with me in my project like a little bit?" Yeah, totally. All right, cool. Which is sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Icarus Falling is like the one band that I don't remember like anything. Like I remember playing shows and it being super awesome, but that's like the one band I've been in where I don't have any like recordings. No recollection of like how the songs went. I know they were cool. I know they were cool because everybody always would be like, "You guys sound a lot like Thrice," and I'm like, "Well, that's that means it's cool, you know." That's so. a win. And then Eric started touring with Autumn Roads without telling anybody. Eric Rose. Yeah. So we were like, "Oh, where's Eric?" And he called, and he's like, "Oh, I'm on tour with Autumn Roads." So we were like, "Oh, you don't care about this band," so. We ended Paris Green, and at that time, Justin Wilson, Ryan had left way before that. Justin Wilson started playing bass, and the day Paris Green broke up, I got a call from Jeremy, and he asked me to play for I'm the Ocean. Nice. What had happened with their drummer? Who was playing drums at the time? His name's Jason. I can't ever remember his last name, but okay. I think they used to call him Meaty Paws. I think that was his nickname. Meaty paws. Yeah, I guess he had like big hands. Okay. Uh, either way. Either way. Um, See, I didn't even know of I Am the Ocean until you were in that. Band. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. I knew of them before that because I watched them play in Alex Johnson's mom's house in the dance studio in the basement, and that was like the first time I saw I Am the Ocean, and I was like, "Oh, <clears> these guys are really cool." In the dance studio. Yeah, his mom taught. Like dance, so they, she had a studio in her basement. That's funny. So did CJ's mom. They had like a mirror and like a tap, like a pole mm-hmm. yeah, and the, shit. The bar. Yeah, the bar. The bar. Funny. How far up do you have me, real quick? Just real quick. you're cranked. Check, 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 check. Really? Oh, that's better. Yeah. Check, check, check. That's, that's better. way better. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Never mind. No, that's better. Could just we, be this guy. Yeah, we were just getting you out of out of his mic, so now I'm at least hearing you. But yeah, so um, so Taylor started playing for Amy Ocean. Yeah, I got a call from Jeremy. He's like, I want you to play <clears throat> drums for Amy Ocean. I was like, All right. What year was this? Oh, I was 19. So I don't even know. 2000, 2009, 2008-ish, 2009. Yeah. And then, like, an hour later, I got a call from Brian Edwards from Clifton. And he was like, hey, I and the Ocean dudes are looking for a drummer. And like, no, I already play drums for them. Yeah, I was like, I'm already in. He's like, all right, we'll see you soon. And, like, that was the whole conversation. Like, I hardly even knew. Like, I knew them from, like, playing shows with Clifton. But it was like, I 
first off a random phone call from Jeremy. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because I, I always answer random numbers. Because the likelihood of being able to mess with someone for a few minutes is yeah. totally worth it to All me. Day. Totally worth it. And uh, during that first band practice, Jeremy says in, what was it, three weeks? No, it, it might have been three weeks to a month. We're going to Portland to record a full-length record, and you're coming with us. And your city needs swallowing. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. And your city needs swallowing. And, uh... With, so, uh... Nick Benson, uh... Kellen, Adam, and Jeremy, and then Drew came with us to go record. Okay. And then eventually Nick quit, and then that's when we got Eric to play. So Eric wasn't an OG member? No. Oh, I did not know that. Technically, I'm not even an OG member. So. Well, yeah, we found that out. Casey found that out yeah. today. And then did that for a long time, and then just been doing all sorts of weird shit on top of that ever since. Well, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what we wanted to delve into. So Ocean, Ocean did, and your city needs swallowing, and then um, toured on that a lot, right? Yeah, and you're sitting and swallowing. We toured on a lot. It was it was really hard to tour with Kellen, with a current health state that he was in. But yeah. we did we did what we needed to do to make it work. Toured then, without a singer a lot. Yeah, we toured for a whole year without wow. a singer. Wow, like a whole country? No, just a whole like I think we just did a couple West Coast loops. West, Coast. but it was like yeah, a whole year for just. Like, we don't need a singer. And then that's how we met Levi, Sergeant Sexy. Sergeant Sexy. Yeah, Montana. And he was like, I'll do vocals for you guys. And we're like, all right, well, like, we'll give it a shot, I guess. And it it was what it was. Yeah, it worked. It, it was a good time. And then yeah. Levi ended up being a badass homie that toured with us and did merch for several years. Still and, a homie. Yeah. Shout out to Montana. Shout out to Levi and Montana if you listen Le- to this, brother. Levi and the Midnight Drive Boys and the Hibernator Boys. Oh, Midnight Drive and Hibernator. Chris Burnett. Bro. Right. He'll, he'll, have, he'll have a listen for sure. Yeah. probably said your name wrong, baby. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Um, so, uh, Torian, tell us tour stories. Uh, what do you want to know? Where, so, Ocean to do... Um, Ocean to do Western Loops. Where'd you guys... Where would you guys disembark? Would you go north or south? Hey, all over. I never really care i mean it's not that i didn't care where we were going i i never knew where we were going until like the day until the day of we were leaving i had members of my bands that did that i was always like damn how do you not know we're like we're, we're vegas is first or, well i mean or I, boise is first like you have we usually do like all the way california up the loop through utah up idaho seattle Portland, <clears> and then loop back around yeah but I'm, it was i'm just looking for specifics yeah i don't I should have brought a lanyard, but I didn't have one. Uh, well, I didn't go home first before right, I came here. It's, so. it's fine. All good. Um, uh, so, like, uh, bands. Band, I mean, Levi, Captain Sexy. We met Levi in Montana. Who else Who else of note? Like, when did you guys meet the Let Live boys? Uh, Let Live was not sure an exact year, but I remember Jeremy saying, we're going to tour this band at L.A. called Let Live, and I think they're super cool, but I don't know. So he just like kind of picked them out, did some research, played with them, started the tour in L.A., played the Knitting Factory, and that was the introduction to Loose Cannon, Jason. 
because I wasn't in the venue, but apparently the knitting factory is going to close down in a couple months. And so Jason decided to start tearing curtains down during their set and security didn't like that too much. So there was a big fight between security and the crowd and a bunch of crazy shit happened. I guess uh, Jason threw a trash can and hit Jeremy in the head and split his head open. Oh, shit. <laughs> so Bing, Bing's got thrown on the ground. Drew's, I don't know what they were doing, but me and Adam were in the van smoking weed, and this all went down and <laughs> came back. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. And then several nights after that, just more and more craziness from Jason and, and Let Live. And at that time, Let Live, those dudes never really partied. You know, so it was just always that was like one of the hardest things with being on tour with bands because I and the ocean was just like <clears throat> we're gonna go for go it hard hundred percent all, all the time. Hundred and twelve percent. That's why <clears throat> what our MySpace page was I and the Ocean number one weed smoking band in America. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because it was literally like we people would challenge us and they would lose. Yeah. <laughs> real badly. Oh, well, you guys had a reputation to uphold. Yeah. It was fun though. Yeah, good times. Lots of times. And, um, uh, yeah, Let Live's always been OG. That's, like, when we played Tucson, that's when the Bled came out. We met the Bled, and, well, I guess we didn't, we had met them before, but that's when the Bled met Let Live, and then the Bled took Let Live on tour, and then it just kind of spiraled craziness out of there you know yeah the right people heard it then let live like a classy gentleman they are when they did their re-release of fake history invited us to la to play their cd release and i was there for that exactly that was a great show that was one of the best shows of my life played at the troubadour so far i got to so far one of the best shows of my life so far i got to tell my dad i was like yeah we're playing at the troubadour and he's like what i've heard of that place it's the first place Elton John played when he came to America, and I'm like, "Oh, that's neat." But yeah, it was crazy. That was a that was a crazy fun show. Yeah, great show. <clears throat> I've had a lot of like thinking about like people are like, "What's the biggest show you've played?" And it's like, well, we played Rock and Roots Festival in California, and that was a lot of people, but it's not like all people in one place. Yeah, Loring Drive was on that, so we were hanging out with Loring Drive all the time. Shout out to those boys. Lorraine Victor, Drive. Victor I miss Ville that band. Boys. I listen to that shit a lot. Yeah. Victorville, yeah. Victorville mm-hmm. boys. And then, uh, but the the biggest, I guess I would say, is that show we played with Every Time I Die, Atreyu, and Makoda, I think it was. I don't remember that. It was a pretty, pretty crazy show. And I, I've talked to Andy from Every Time I Die since that show several times. And I'm like, yeah, my band played with you a long time ago. And he's like, he's like yeah, you guys had a girl in your band. And I'm like, I'm like no. oh, yeah, Kim, right? Yeah, I'm like, no. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Kim was in our band. And I remember how crazy that was when Kim used to play with us because Kim is an unreal violin player. So Incredible violin player. So it's like every song had craziness to it yeah and then loom stole her <laughs> learning so much today yeah <laughs> no totally um but then loom went on to do great things well that's all the time we have for this episode of show stories i want to thank you again for checking it out again please make sure to check out all the projects mentioned in this episode we want to thank taylor orton especially for giving us this interview 
being a special guest on our podcast. I want to thank Miles Rogers for all of his hard hosting work. From all of us here at Show Stories, we'll see you in the crowd. Hey, thanks for listening to Show Stories. If you play local music in Salt Lake City. Or if you love all things local music and have some interesting stories to share. Come sit down with Miles and Casey and be a guest on an upcoming episode of Show Stories. You can get in touch with us by email at thehivemindcollectivesslc at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at thehivemindcollc. Show Stories is a production of The Hive Mind Collective SLC.